Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie. And you guys, I have got a story for you today. We are going to be talking to Ben Addict Skolasen. He is the inventor of the Lauf gravel forks. So if you don't know what a Lauf gravel fork is or a fork, go Google it. It's the craziest fork you've ever seen. I remember seeing it on my girlfriend's bike when she was racing against me. I was just like, what is that? And she told me it was a Lauf. I was like, oh, well, what's a Lauf? And I was like, oh my God, those are, that is the coolest fork I've ever seen. So if you've ever ridden gravel or race gravel, it re it takes away a lot of the impact of the bouncing on the front fork, uh, the front of the bike. And she let me ride her bike for a little bit and it was, it felt so cool, but I was able to jump into one of their booths at Unbound and grab a contact and invited them to the podcast. And so here they are, we're gonna be talking to Ben. They are originally from Iceland and we're just gonna get right into the story. And here he is. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Daou. And we have, like I was mentioning, Bene Skolasen from, well, he's from originally from Ireland, not Ireland, Iceland. Iceland. <laughs> And he is now living in Virginia, right? Correct. Yeah, Harris, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Actually, I know where that is. Yeah. And yeah. so we have Benny on here because, as I mentioned in my intro, he is the designer and creator of Lauf Bikes. So here's a little bit background be, uh, behind the thought and then we're going to get right into the podcast episode so aside from cycling and various other sports he has been into inventing and designing and building things he started out with lego as a child because anybody's got out lego um but back like the old style lego when you actually like had to create stuff um creating robots so started with lego as a child designed and made and create uh, competition robots in college i don't know if you've ever seen those competition robots i've watched a couple episodes though those things are really cool <laughs> today he's still doing the same thing designing inventing and making stuff so he, uh benet founded lauf in 2011 around uh, around his invention of a leaf spring lightweight suspension fork so, yeah. and in 2017 and 18, Lauf moved to a full bike from just forks to the true grit gravel race bike. I believe I saw some of those at Unbound. In 2022, yeah. he launched the next iteration of the gravel race bike, the Lauf Siega. Siegel. Siegel. Segla. Segla. Yeah. And 2023. Uh, opened up in the U.S. Uh, with his factory in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I'm super excited to hear all about how this came about. Welcome. Thank you so much. Glad to be on. I'm super glad to have you here. So, Ben, the first thing I always ask is like, how did you get into cycling? And yeah. how did it lead you to really think about and design and, and build this, like, what brought you to creating that type of fork? So if anybody is watching this or have never seen a Lauf, take a moment and go Google what their forks look like. 
So, Bene, how did you get into cycling and uh, get into the designing yeah. of the sport? It's, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, lots of, it's a series of, of probably coincidences, sort of. Uh, uh, yeah, as things are generally are. Uh, but, like, as a kid, I, I love riding a bike, like like most kids do. Uh, but I've always been, like, pretty, like, obsessed with, like, mechanics, like, mechanical, like, systems and stuff. So, which, like... Uh, led me to eventually like pursue a degree in engineering and, and like as a, as a teenager I was like always out riding my mountain bike and and yeah they did, did like a cross-country race every now and then and like me and my friends yeah, actually the friend that I got to like start or found the love with me Gudberg Björsson uh, Gudberg Björsson yeah in Icelandic yeah so we we used to ride bikes together a lot and, and, and go like cross-country racing a little bit uh, and and like I said, I've always been like, yeah, almost, you could say, almost like obsessed with like designing stuff. So like, I'm pretty like restless. I, I, I like, I mean, we sometimes joke about this, me and my wife, that when whenever we go to like a theater together or something. So I, I'm, I'm usually like sitting there, I miss the play sometimes because <laughs> I'm like thinking how like the structure of the theater, how, how it works and how it all, how it's all like, yeah. So, so I'm pretty... <laughs> So like from the moment I started to ride bikes, I was like pretty obsessed with like understanding how they worked and like like tweak them and tune them and and and, and like exchange components and do all that like like yeah tweak my bike. Uh, so yeah, then I went into engineering. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, I did yeah a bunch of with uh, Legos as a kid. So that sort of like developed into like doing all these like robots for like it's like you have have this competition in Iceland where it's like a, it's like a course like an obstacle course sort of like you like you, you move an egg from this place to that place or whatever and you, you can't touch the robot it just has to like, like go through the course and, and solve like the problem sort of oh so i was doing that like every year so like like i spent full two months just like like sleepless almost just like <laughs> like designing and building those robots uh and and yeah, just like like super interested in, in all stuff like this and, and 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 yeah and cycling. So so these obviously like came together in in the like desire to make my own bike. Uh, and I was uh, yeah almost like <laughs> as well pretty like obsessed with composites. So so composites being carbon fiber, glass fiber, like right. fibers in, in resin. Composites, right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I was just like fascinated with how how they work. So. Uh, as as a yeah as a teenager probably yeah I was probably yeah nineteen or twenty something like that uh, I was working as a like a doing a summer job as a as a car journalist oh uh, cool. so yeah so yeah riding up on on like environmentally friendly cars back back then I mean back then there were like almost no electric cars so that was mm -hmm. like one of the cool things maybe in the future. Uh, and one of the things I did on my job there was to, I visited uh, Koenigsegg, which is a Swedish, like a supercar brand. Mm -hmm. uh, because their cars, they, 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 they're they run on like, or did back then on, on ethanol. So, which is like, was supposed to be more like a randomly friendly. Uh, but, I, but I visited them and, and there I saw like carbon fiber being used for the first time. And I was just like fascinated. It's, it's amazing when, if you haven't seen it, it's just like you cut it with scissors. Have you have you seen carbon fiber being used? No. Sorry. Well, we've used it carbon fiber in repairing boats. Okay. Yeah. Then, then you yeah. know. I mean. Yeah. It's yeah, just it's, like, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like just paper. fabric. Yeah. yeah. It, it's cool. Yeah. So and it's and it's super fascinating to see like back then they yeah they were making like the the tubs of the, like the Koenigsegg like sports cars. Uh, just like cutting with scissors out this fabric, like almost like like a like cotton for 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 jeans, almost cutting with scissors, and this yeah would go on to become like a super strong and rigid like body of a, of a like a hypercar. Uh -huh. And to me, that was just fascinating, like all all the possibilities like with this material. So uh, so I, I didn't I didn't like study this at school. I actually I did my so I did industrial engineering actually. That's more like process control and stuff, uh, optimizing stuff sort of. Uh, uh, so I did that here in the US, uh, but just like in my own free time, I, I kept reading books about like composites and what you can do with composites and like how to calculate different things with composites. Uh, yeah. So yeah, pretty obsessed with that back then. And and, and eventually, I, so I, I, I even, <laughs> I even like took the first steps in like setting up like a, like a workshop in my like parents, like uh, basement. Uh, so I was like getting like like the basic tools to to make like a carbon frame on, on my own, 
Uh, but then eventually I just like I realized shit this this isn't going in anywhere. I mean it's just like uh, uh, there are too many unknowns here. I, I can't just like start like a, a bike factory in my parents like like basement. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, They're like, and I don't think I want you to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, they were supportive, amazingly supportive. Yeah. So yeah, they they yeah they, they yeah they never used those words. Yeah, that, that they. Oh, yeah, I know. They, <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like, <laughs> mm, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so basically, this led me to like yeah to to yeah I lived in Iceland back then, uh, and there is no bike business there. I mean, the the bike industry didn't exist, exist in Iceland. Yeah. So I mean, there are no jobs to get at, at bike companies. Uh, so I like, I look for like the next best thing sort of, so, uh, like there is a pretty cool company in Iceland. It's like, it's a size of SRAM, give or take, uh, okay. and it, in many ways, it's a similar company as SRAM. I would think like they're similarly like aggressive, like pushing new technologies and high end like SRAM is and all that, but they do prosthetics. Oh, uh, okay. So like mostly feet, but now they're like, they're like taking the first steps on doing like, like hands and arms and stuff, but it's more complicated. So mostly feet and uh, like and knees and ankles and stuff like that. Uh, and I got a job in their like R and D department uh, within composites. Oh, yeah. Wow, so, you must have been super like. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I so can that, see. That was, yeah, that was more <laughs> fun. And I could get like some some proper like hands on. Uh, I mean, and the plan was just to like to stay there because it's cool stuff they do. It's it's so like at one point I had like like the sprint of Oscar Pistorius, like the yeah, the famous and then infamous sprinter that went to the Olympics. Okay, like with the sprint feet, like the yeah, yeah, okay. The blade runner. Yeah, so I had like his feet on my desk. And I'm like I was working on like redesigning those to make them faster or whatever. So yeah, I was I was doing those things. So working on designing these carbon like like leaf spring feet. Right. Uh, oh, which was which was cool. Okay. And, and and like basically, yeah, that, I mean my plan then was just to like, yeah, continue working on that because that was cool and just race my bike in, in, in my free time. Uh, but like, yeah, I just couldn't help myself sort of. So uh, it was basically when I was working with all these flexing fibers yeah. in my day job, I just like realized that I, I, I had a, like a carbon fiber back then, like cross country mountain bike. Uh, I just like realized that nobody in cycling was using carbon or glass fiber for flexural performance. It was only being used for like light and stiff. Right. So, so I was thinking like, okay, I think there's an opportunity here. So, so basically this led me to like, and eventually like come up with a design of the leaf spring suspension fork, mm -hmm. which is like, a, I mean, it's not tricky to make like a like a soft like compliant fork that, that's easy but like the invention is to like to like brace in that suspension sort of so mm -hmm. it's not like 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 going all over the place yeah lock it so, so it has like these parallel like offset springs so upper stack of springs lower stack of springs and that's like locks it in laterally so yeah so i came up with that dimension uh applied uh -huh. for a patent uh and that got that in in in, in process and around then, like I, yeah, I, I, my mind was gone from my daytime job. I couldn't stay there anymore. I was just like, <laughs> I was completely obsessed. With I'm this. over here now. <laughs> yeah, so I, I showed up to work and I did the things there, but I was just like, I couldn't. Yeah, my head was 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 gone. So yeah, I, I quit there. Like as soon as we got like a like a small grant, like I don't know, forty thousand dollars or something. Yeah, you'll take. Uh, to, to like yeah I've got a grant to make some some prototypes like a government grant back in Iceland uh, then I yeah and I quit my job uh, and yeah and started this journey and, and yeah then like a few months later got this friend of mine childhood friend of mine Kulberg Björsson got him to join me uh, and yeah and formally like founding the company and yeah that, this was back in 2011 and and yeah here we are now what 12 <laughs> years later almost yeah so how did you, okay, so you put together the fork. So that's, and that's what you branded. Like, that's what you put out. Yeah. Like you sold. So how did mm -hmm. that look like, like putting it together, testing it? Cause I can see, you know, like the, the leaves and I'm like, oh, that's, yeah. Okay. I can see like that yeah. where that's where it came from. Okay. Yeah. And so like just putting it together, like what made you decide to put it on a fork? Uh, 
like on the front of the bike over like say like the back of the bike so i guess yeah it made yeah more sense in the front yeah so there are like uh, there are all the ways in the back and in the back it's it's a uh, so we have like lauf has all their stuff like we have patents uh for like rear suspension stuff as well so so none of that stuff is like out yet at least uh maybe maybe sooner yeah but Oh. <laughs> Next um, yeah year. the patents yeah the patents can't be seen online at least but i mean yeah everything is taking way longer in the development of that that stuff be, yeah because of like yeah covid and, and yeah, lots of things so that got like pushed out a few years uh but yeah in the back it's 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 such an easier task sort of because in the back you have like the big bracing angle of like the seat stays coming from above and the chain stays from below so it's much easier to get like lateral stiffness in in the rear so in the in, in the rear you can actually you can use like the the chain stay as one leaf spring sort of and you can like supplement it with some spring up on the on the like seat stay as well so it's a, it's a it's just like yeah it's a different system that you can do in the back So Mm this system wouldn't be the best solution in the back, basically. -hmm. Right. But in the front, and this is also the reason you've seen so many different like suspension like methods in the rear. It's because it's relatively compared to the front, easy. You have you have so much space to work with. That's why people can do like all, all sorts of like linkages and and stuff in the rear. Yeah. But in the front, we, I mean, the only, uh, I won't say probably the only like successful like solution we've seen ever is like a telescopic fork, and then yeah, probably our, our lav fork. So all other like linkage driven like systems, like so far ha haven't like gotten anywhere. So it
make sense. <laughs> so, yeah, imagine it did, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're effect, set. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean, we, we thought it was like possible back then, and thankfully, because otherwise it wouldn't have like continued on on this journey. Uh, but then we just like eventually realized that just like yeah, the the economics of it don't work out. Sort of, it's not worth the risk for those big companies. And we were like, hey, okay, people are so it's such a defining component when when you put it on like a Scott bike or an Orbea bike or whatever gravel bike, basically an Open or whatever, uh, it becomes almost a love bike. We're like, hey, why don't uh, we take uh, the bike? I mean, yeah, because everybody's looking at that, not the rest of the bike, basically. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, so, so, I can so see that. Just, yeah, and we and, and like we were in a pretty good position because we had like by then we had like mastered all like the manufacturing techniques. Uh, and, and and yeah, all, the distribution all the sort of yeah, yeah, yeah and, and just like figured out yeah supply chains and 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 basically yeah and 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 have been writing like all the different gravel brands because like we were like writing all brands using our forks just to make sure mm -hmm. like that, that the fork is like compatible oh. and all that. Mm -hmm. So we had like studied the entire like spectrum of the market basically and been writing them all. So we knew right. what we liked and what we didn't like and what we would want to change. So like we're cool. yeah, in a pretty good position to like come out with a gravel bike, which then yeah became our true grit. So uh, which brand did you like the best with your fork? Is your <laughs> which was the winner out of all of them? <laughs> I want to know. Should I say this? Yeah. <laughs> Why was it Cannondale, Salsa, <laughs> Trek, Norco? Well, it's, like, so it's it's pretty. It's probably. I mean you could you i mean you could just buy like like looking up uh, yeah i'll tell you what brands but but i mean but but but, but I, with, i'm sure but they by, would be like, up, like honored to say that yeah 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 so, so the brand chose their <laughs> like cool gravel bikes at that time so so yeah. like the pioneer sort of of gravel uh so yeah we like to think of ourselves like in that group but but we yeah didn't didn't come with the first bikes so there were right. bikes like uh, the open up it's a, it's a cool bike. Uh, open up? Yeah, open UP, open unbeaten path. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, so, yeah. Gerald Ruman from, from Cervelo and, yeah, Anti Kessler. So oh. yeah, that's a cool bike. So it's like, uh, it's the first, like, like really high-end, really lightweight, uh, gravel, like race-oriented bike that I that I can remember. Okay. Uh, and and so that, that has some cool, like, features. We I mean, we didn't like all of them. But, but but yeah a lot of them we liked uh niner they had some cool bikes back then so they had like the the niner rlt like the steel rlt steel gravel bike that was pretty cool back then uh salsa was early in the gravel mm -hmm. game uh what else did we have yeah it, it's yeah not a whole lot to pick from though back then yeah no i mean yeah it, it wasn't i mean it wasn't big i mean this was before if i remember correctly this was probably before the checkpoint or if there was a checkpoint it, it was like a like a niche bike then i can't yeah, know yeah. I, think, I think they didn't even have it so gravel was just like starting back then and like uh -huh. probably like uh like salsa was there yeah and and surly but but then like gravel was surly. more like a workhorse kind of a bike uh, it wasn't viewed as a, like a high-end racing bike yet, sort of. Uh -huh. Or that the events like, weren't there as well. Yeah, so that that yeah. yeah that grew like came like with the events, so with the growth of Unbound and and, mm -hmm. and, and all, like everything that followed, sort of uh, came like the yeah came like the super high-end gravel bikes along with it, sort of. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I can see that because like. Yeah, because I think that's what a six-year-old. No, how long has that been? Ten years since that one. Since since Unbound. Well, it was Dirty Kanza before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fairly it's fairly young compared yeah. to like say yeah. Barry Roubaix that's been around yeah. for a long yeah. like a long long time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and then it just like exploded from there. So this was twenty six. Scene, I want to say yeah that we came out with the gravel fork and then it was just like exploding then it was like the next big thing that was like yeah sort of had mm. already somewhat started 
So, but I mean, now it's just like, yeah, it's a big thing already. But back then it was like super exciting when everyone was like, like contemplating, like coming out with our gravel bike and then eventually everybody did. And yeah, so it, it, yeah, it's a fun time. And we were like, we had like the right technology at the right time and in the right place sort of. So, I mean, we, we'd like stood there in the middle of a field sort of with this like leaf thing suspension fork. <laughs> like, You're like, hey. <laughs> what about this? <laughs> That's new. Yeah, hey, new front suspension. Of- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, telescopic too heavy. Yeah, too much maintenance. Okay, what about this? Like so. So that was like sort of like the sweet spot because we like before that we had been like, uh, basically uh, downsizing cross country bikes, which which isn't. I mean, it's like how many people like buy a pickup truck and then lower it. It's not. I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, we were taking like cross country bikes and, and like turning them into gravel bikes. So, so by taking off the telescopic fork and putting on our fork, it became like a super lightweight gravel bike. But, but oh. that wasn't, yeah, as big of a market and it wasn't as exciting as actually taking like sort of road bikes and turning them into off road machines. Yeah, really. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that time I can, uh, I think I was just finishing. No. I think that was that was a big question. A lot of people are like, we're talking about size of tires, and then it went yeah. down to the size of your fork. Will they fit in there? No, yeah. you have to. So, getting another bike, and then there yeah. wasn't yeah. like the thought of, you know, having multiple wheel sets and things like that. And do I and want I think people that? Are still it's... riding tires that are too narrow, like in general. I think. Well, if yeah. you got your real roadies, yeah. They yeah, are. it's just like <laughs> it, it's some, some it's something like like it feels wrong to people to put like a wide tire. It looks slow and it feels slow. Yeah, but it is fast. So it, but it, uh, yeah, we will like overcome this eventually. I mean, it's just like we've gone through this with mountain bikes, like tires. I mean, yeah, first obviously the twenty sixers and twenty niners, and then yeah, people were uh, one point nines and two inch wide tires, and then like they supersized that up to two point twenty five or something. Yeah. But now I just realized, yeah, like wider is is faster in general. Yeah, so, and then it's like tubeless. Yeah. And that that whole evolution of a tubeless tire, I'm like, no thanks. Way back then, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> gluing exactly. it to your rim, forget yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it took me a while as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, now it's super easy. Like yeah. anybody can do it. <laughs> If I can, yeah. if they might can yeah. do it. So, so tell us about. So, when did you bring out the bike? You said you brought out the bike in twenty. No, 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 no. Twenty seventeen and eighteen. So that's when you yeah. brought your full on bike to the masses. And how was it received? Like going yeah, from the um, freight to the to the bike. So amazingly, so. Uh, it could not have gone better. So uh, again, we have, we had like the right bike at the right time. Yeah, uh, right before of, COVID. Almost like yeah, a year and, before. And like, it was like the first. It was the first gravel bike that sort of. So we did new things with like gravel geometry. Uh, and this, yeah, we got a lot of praise for that, like in in the media. So we were like the first gravel bike. I want to say. I mean. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. To my knowledge, at least, at least, no mainstream brands were doing this before us. So, like, combining like uh, a fast fit of the rider, so like your road bike fit basically could get in, into your road position, uh-huh. but combining that with stability. So, so that was like the new thing we did with our bike. So it's it's short in the back, so you want to like feel like you want to feel like the instant power delivery. So when you, when you pedal, you want to like make make it respond like swiftly just so it feels so it's fun basically uh but you want it stable in the front so so at that time all the gravel bikes were just supersized road bikes sort of so they mm. still had the steep steering angles yeah. of road bikes or there was another school of gravel bikes that were just like yeah sort of like your old man's bikes sort of like like tall or cyclocross uh, yeah yeah and and so so we were like the first uh first bike that combined stability with a fast fit and that's just it's just super fun if you haven't ridden like one one yeah a bike like that it's just fun you, you just go fast on gravel you can like get into the drops and just like yeah gun down down fast descents and it's just yeah a whole lot of fun so we yeah it was amazingly well received uh through grit got like yeah brilliant reviews everywhere so uh 
so we yeah we were really happy about that but but even that wasn't enough sort of it's 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 hard to start a bike company <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, bet. I don't know if I, if I would do it again <laughs> uh, so but, but i mean we we yeah it, it, it's amazing like where we've come it, yeah I'm, I'm so grateful for that but it's it's it has not been easy so yeah, I, I mean we had this bike that everybody loved and was like getting the best reviews probably just like out of all gravel bikes in the market just like best reviews in the world uh but still it was really hard to just like push it out and in, in like in, in any like proper quantities it's oh. just like it's so hard to like there's so there, there's so much inertia in everything you know in like in the system so you have all the bike companies that have like their, their dealers and all that and it's just you, you can't break through that easily so mm. so we got like we got like several like great dealers uh, and and got bikes flowing through them but it just was never enough so the the volume was never enough to like to like sustain like yeah the, company. the interest you mean like was this too many too much demand or you were no 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 just like we we you could you could never get like enough dealers on board i mean oh okay and, and, and i mean we had only this one bike so mm -hmm. to sell like enough to like to keep our company afloat we had to have like a lot of dealers because like right. every dealer is always going to sell like a handful of bikes or whatever per year because it's like a high-end gravel bike yeah uh, uh, and it's like yeah not like it's not like you're like like $800 like hybrid bike that they just like roll out through the door uh, <laughs> so so you're not selling them in hundreds like per dealer so you need like lots right. of dealers uh, so that like that yeah it was great like it, it like it got our brand on the map sort of and got some some like spread of, of our bikes but it was just like yeah we needed to grow the company like beyond that so back in 2020 we like yeah took the bold move or just like like uh, yeah just like yeah looking for the right words dumping all our dealers yeah <laughs> basically uh, oh really yeah so and then we just like went direct to consumer only oh okay yeah so that was in 2020 so oh, yeah. i think that's just like that's that's kind of following the cannondale model i think that's uh, what they do right the they canyon, just do yeah. cannondale or canyon sorry not cannondale canyon yeah canyon yeah. they're all um online yeah but uh and i think they've always been online that's so that's part of their yeah their yeah yeah they were born out of a, like a like a mail ordering catalog yeah mm -hmm. so yeah and that then like developed into a bike company so yeah so so we yeah went direct to consumer only and and yeah and we've been like growing yeah as a, as a direct to consumer brand like ever since and that's the that's the way to do it like for you that was us, yeah. that was I mean, definitely yeah, yeah. a positive yeah absolutely change. i mean it's so i'm i'm not a big fan of like simple answers so i mean like it's not like direct to consumer is like not the way but like for us it's the way yeah so, so for us it, it 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 works great it's just like i think it, it suits our bikes well because like our bikes are like yeah they're sought after sort of they, they 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 like they stick out from the crowd so so it's probably relatively easy for us it's not easy but relatively probably to to like yeah get the following that we need to, mm -hmm. to function as a consumer company without having like the dealers pushing the brands right and i would imagine that uh it's easier to fulfill like the fulfillment part of the order that comes in what's your turnaround like if somebody orders something it's, and it's yeah, it's like we must we be better now than it was before yeah. so we try <laughs> to like have two like years <laughs> yeah yeah exactly no, we try to have on stock so like uh, i mean it's either going to be that we have it like built up in the shelf up in the shelf uh, and some bikes are like that. Then we just like get it out like the next day. Mm -hmm. uh, that's like yeah, in wow. your hands or yeah, under your feet. Like like yeah, two days later or something. If you're in North America, that is uh, like two days later. If you're in Europe or somewhere else. Uh, but if we haven't built it already, then we just like like go ahead and build it right away. So it's like from like next day up, up to like like nine business days or something. If if there's a long assembly queue. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, we wanna be yeah, we wanna be. Fast. That's... I guess so. 
you know, get a next day bike. Yeah, God, that's yeah. unheard of. <laughs> well, I guess it's all it's different now, but back two years ago, it was unheard of. So yeah. do you find that your sales are pretty consistent and uh, throughout the year? Yeah, so, I mean, okay, COVID has been a weird time. I know, for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's been, <laughs> it, like, it has been super weird. But, like, thankfully, I mean, uh, so you keep hearing about all these brands that are, like, contracting, like, 40% between years or whatever. So, but we haven't been doing that. We've, we've been growing, like, steadily. Like, I mean, uh, we planned on growing even more. I mean, because, like, we were growing, like, 100% every year, sort of, like, like a few years back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, so, yeah, usually, like, yeah, somewhere between, like, 60 and 100% every year. But wow, now, that's awesome. I would probably... 20% or something. So it's, yeah, but it's still, yeah, still growing pretty fast. So you still sell the forks? Yeah, yeah. So, but only, so not to, we haven't been selling them like as a, as a like component supplier to other brands. No, so, but like if somebody, if somebody want were to want to replace their fork, they could. I'm yes. just thinking of a friend of mine and we were just yeah. talking today. She has a lot of uh pain issues in her wrist and yeah. so i was like ah oh, maybe one of her fork your forks would be ideal for her to replace on her bike so she's got more cushion yeah. so she doesn't yeah. ride with pain right i'm yeah. like nobody wants to ride their bike with pain i'm even thinking about mine because yeah. i'm starting to get but um yeah so that's why i asked if you still sell the forks that's as big, like uh yeah but just yeah just on our website just yeah so yeah, and they keep yeah, we keep selling forks. Yeah, but it's mostly about bikes now. But I mean, yeah, we sell forks as well. Can you get different colors? Uh, not not to the forks, just to the bikes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now you're you're working with two bikes and your forks, and that's and yeah. So yeah, almost just like one. So it's just yeah, Segla, but Segla both as a suspended and 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 then as a rigid fork like spec as well so it's just like a simpler yeah for mm -hmm. those that want their travel bikes even simpler and lighter basically so yeah those two and, and forks and then, then i mean then like that makes it so simple right yeah so yeah, yeah it's a simple, we want to stay that way so we want to yeah like it's all about simplicity so we yeah and, and yeah many forms of simplicity we want uh, like the bikes we do make we want them to be like as simple as possible we want like simple solutions we don't want like any like gimmicks or or stuff that 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 breaks and isn't like serving any any like useful purpose sort of mm -hmm. so we want yeah simple bikes but like efficient like fast so we're not like cutting yeah. corners but we yeah we don't want to add any like stuff to them that, that doesn't make sense mm -hmm. uh, so and then we also want to have a, a simple lineup so currently that right. means basically just this one bike and mm -hmm. then it, uh, yeah a few different like builds but then different yeah, sizes yeah and sizes and the colors and all that but but yes but still like yeah as simple as, as we can and then we are like looking in both directions we're looking i mean gravel is pretty like smack on the middle of like of want to say like if you take your like average like endurance cyclist or like 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 a like an like cyclist athlete sort of mm -hmm. it's all about like road gravel and cross country like sort of those three so we are like smack in the middle there with gravel. So we're like looking in both directions. We're like contemplating road and contemplating like like cross country as well. So, mm -hmm. but for now it's it's all about all about gravel. It is all about gravel, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just is. So do you? So does your bike fit women? Do you go down as small as double XL, like for tiny frames? Double XS. Uh, no, we only do like yeah, extra small, not double XS small. So it's, uh, but yeah, which fits like women down to yeah in centimeters. Like what's it one one? Is that like five feet? feet? I don't know what double X or two X. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so five four, like maybe five four, five to five four. One sixty. Yeah, you can see it on our web page, but like yeah, most it can fit most. Uh, okay. So we go like basically as far down as we can, while still using like seven hundred C, like a twenty nine or sort of. Oh, like, okay, wheel. right, wheelbase. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, we don't do like the smaller six fifty B wheels. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So you sort of have to go for those if you want to do like an extra, extra small. Yeah. So we do an extra small. Okay. Uh, but then, then aside from that, I mean, I, so uh, I personally think that like women's bikes, like, like live versus giant, mm -hmm. it's, there's nothing in it. It's just colors and, and saddles basically. Uh, don't, <laughs> ladies, they don't just ignore what he said. <laughs> <laughs> they no, are listen really to what, listen to what listen to what is that <laughs> no, no it's, it's it's yeah it, it's it's often it, it's 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 just marketing they're just like uh they yeah it's often when whenever you see like a bike that is like women's like geometry or whatever there is nothing different in a geometry it's just the same bike uh just different colors different saddles and then maybe sometimes they do like they change up the handlebar or whatever just the handlebars just yeah are big yeah there's sometimes yeah. It like but there's like there's no reason like for a given size for a given bike size there's no reason a woman should have a different handlebar size than a man in my opinion so <laughs> for, for a given size really? yeah so yeah absolutely <laughs> well i can say that uh handlebars have, have evolved from the first time that i rode yeah. to being very big and a really big stretch or reach for your your brakes. Now everything yeah, more compact. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's another thing. So I was mostly thinking like the width. Oh uh, yeah, no, yeah, I don't know yeah, about yeah. the width, but yeah, like, yeah, but like 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 hand size, of course. Yeah. Like yeah, like yeah, you want to have like the drops the like compact enough reach. Yeah, yeah, for mm -hmm. your hands. But then it's then again, that's like mostly about like that's mostly probably about the levers, like the brake levers themselves. Mm -hmm. And and like bike manufacturers can't really do much there. That's just like we just use whatever like SRAM or Shimano make sort of. Yeah. So and 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 they make it to so yeah they try to make it fit all, all sizes. Obviously there are like compromises within that. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, that's all that is. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're so <laughs> like <laughs> say we're so um uh I don't know tricked i guess and thinking that it's all it's all it's all very specific for us but really it's yeah. not thanks benny yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but i mean i'm not gonna say like saddles yes I mean, oh no saddles are, are different yeah. yes we got different yeah. stuff so tell us so let's share a little bit about the future you said that there was um something coming down the pipe for next year yeah, I mean, there's that? always something. Yeah, there's always something. Well, there has to be, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. That's the one thing you can can count on. There's always something coming up. So, I mean, I can't unfortunately like disclose what exactly. I thought you said you could. <laughs> that's not fair. Okay, just just a little snippet, just a little yeah, something for us to think to to you look look forward to. Yes, yes. I mean, so in general, I mean. When you think of it, I mean, yeah, we are there we're making gravel bikes and it's pretty logical for us to look towards road bikes and look towards cross country. But I mean, what that means, like when or if we make either of those bikes, we'll, we'll have to see time will tell. Oh, <laughs> well, that's not fair, eh? Okay, to our listeners, that's not fair. To Put a message in on our YouTube channel underneath this video and say we want to know. I want to know what's going on. So when are you planning on announcing? Is this like a January thing or like a November for the next year? Like what's the marketing strategy behind this? So we can all so like get ready, it's... put it on our calendar. Yeah. So we're pretty like, I won't say like disorganized, but not, that's probably not really the word, <laughs> but I mean, we just like, we're driven by the product sort of. So we, yeah, yeah. We develop the product until it's ready and then we launch mm -hmm. it. So you're testing. So, are you in the testing yeah. phase? Yeah, we are testing stuff. Yes. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. They're testing yeah. their product before yeah. they bring it out. It's yeah. good to but know no, you're so testing. Gravel, I mean, yeah, gravel, we are good for yeah. Yeah, a long while, I think. So the Segla, mm -hmm. I mean, we lost the Segla last year. So, so that's, that's really fresh still. So, mm -hmm. so nothing, nothing happening there for a while. Oh, so it's like the other yeah. cycling e-bikes. So I don't know what, what I think about the, so. You're uh, waiting on the e-bike thing. Are you waiting on the? Yeah, I mean, so, okay. For, it's pretty like saturated. 
I, I get it for for mountain bikes. I totally get it. So I mean, if there oh if yeah, there that's been, yeah. If there had been like e mountain bikes when I was a teenager, uh, I would have been like all over it. I mean, it would have just like been so much fun. Just like more trips up the mountain and down again. Yeah. So that would have been awesome. So for mountain bikes, I I totally get it. Uh, but I I still don't get it for gravel. Why? I mean. Oh, for gravel? Yeah. I wasn't thinking yeah. about gravel. I'm just thinking like more of the commuter. Like, yeah. do you want yeah, to put I mean, another brand, like another bike out there? No, it seems so, to me like I mean, there's a lot already. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean, I, I really, I, I love like, I mean, like e-commuting bikes. It, it's awesome, but it's not us. I mean, Lauf yeah, is yeah, not yeah, yeah. your mm -hmm. commuter brand, unless you want to commute to work on a high-end gravel bike, which is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which a lot of people do actually. It's actually, when you think of it, that's probably like one of the bigger reasons like gravel bikes are actually this popular. It's because they're actually they're not just fun fun to like race and and play on, but they're also mm -hmm. like practical for everyday stuff. Yeah, that which yeah, which makes them like great commuters. But like like e gravel, I I I, I still don't get that. And e road, I I don't get that either. I mean, I, of course, there are like niches there. If you want to like, when you're getting older, you want to keep up with your like, like kids partner. or something, whatever, or young, younger partner or friends or whatever. I mean, it makes sense maybe do that, but it's such a niche sort of, at least to me. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, we'll it see. doesn't seem like there's like, it doesn't seem as, as fun, I would say for you. No, it's I nothing I it's nothing I get excited about, at least. <laughs> and we see where all the in innovation comes from, from being excited. So I'm yeah. really, really thank you so much for uh, sharing everything. Like, I still find that super fascinating, the way you've, you picked it out of that prosthetic leg. Like, I could totally see it. And I'm, yeah. I'm just like, almost like put the two side by side and see yeah. like uh compare the tech you know like just the idea of like that spring and the yeah i would never have guessed that would have where it was coming from but i yeah. i think yeah. that's super fascinating um and uh prosthetics are just moving along as well yeah so it's, but it's such a realization just to see i mean how mm -hmm. much they flex and that they can do it like millions of times without any fatigue yeah. So that was just like, wow, okay, shit, people are, yeah, we should, 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 <laughs> should we need to like put that somewhere, yeah. <laughs> somewhere yeah, else. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope all of our listeners have enjoyed our conversation with Benny from Lauf. And if you haven't checked out their bikes, this is the time to go. Where can they find you and all your socials? Yeah, just, yeah, online, Lauf Cycling. Or Lauf, Lauf Cycling. Actually, lauffcycles.com. Yeah, or love cycling. Yeah, whichever works. Yeah. Is that then, Instagram, yeah, Twitter? Yeah, we're Instagram on... and Facebook. Or, yeah, all that. Just Do you have anything love. on uh, YouTube? No, not a lot. Yeah, no. some maybe. Yeah, some tech talks and stuff. But yeah, not a lot. Just yeah, some old oh. stuff. We're not not really active there. You need to, if you ever are creating yeah. a video on the creation of. That I think that would be super fascinating. I mean, it yeah, doesn't have to be very long. Some, yeah, you can, yeah, can go yeah. yeah, check. I'll go, okay, I'll go check. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go check. But we are younger me, yeah. younger me explaining. Yeah. Something. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are on YouTube, so make sure you check out the podcast at Secrets from the Saddle Podcast on YouTube, social and uh instagram thank you so much benny for chatting and um we'll see everybody else on the next podcast thanks a lot and have a great day and um hopefully i'll meet you at the next unbound are you going to be there yeah. this, this next year hopefully yeah i hope so i will be back i have to finish excel yeah yeah wow yeah yeah <laughs> you came close i did come close yeah. ridiculously close i should yeah. have just kept on going yeah, well is what i well should done. have done thanks yeah. i need one of your bikes yeah, yeah. <laughs> well thanks a lot everybody and take care bye all right now was that not cool i love learning about innovative um inventions like that did you ever think that that lauf front suspension 
came from um, him working with um, not amputees, but well, prosthetics and the running prosthetic that that would bring him to create that um, that fork. I think that's super fascinating. I don't know about you, but I'd love to hear your comments in on our YouTube page or um, on your podcast, favorite podcast. You can put out questions and or uh, comments about the podcast episode. Love to hear from you guys and love to hear what you thought about this episode. Take care and we'll see you on the next one. Bye guys. Have an amazing day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.